Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're recording now. Oh, yes. It's so funny because, like, when we sit down to do this, I think, oh, God, I haven't really got anything. I haven't. Like, there's loads of things I think about all the time, but when it comes to record, they all leave my do you head not, Do you not write it down in notes? Yes, I do most of the time. But I know, but we forget and sometimes we're on a yeah. train or sometimes you can't get your phone or... Yeah, and I think, oh, God, what was that thing I was going to talk about? And then, literally, in the last ten seconds, they've all come flooding into my brain. Now I've got too many things to talk about. And we yeah. have a special guest. We do have a special guest this week. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Listen to that voice. The deepest voice you've ever heard. Ever. You've got Barry White in the, in the room. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. I am Joel Douglas, offspring to Michael Douglas. Yeah. And I'm just going to help out with some reviews and suggestions. Yeah. Yay! Yay. We've never had a family member on, no. uh, on the podcast before. And this also, is a there's whole new quite thing. a few things that Joel has contributed in the past. And there was one that I was going to talk about tonight. And there mm-hmm. was a film that we watched that oh, you've yeah. been working on at your new college. You've been working on a scene. Uh, mm. Yes. You've been analysing the scene. Analysing, yes. dissecting yes. Yes. But this the was film. a film that I thought I'd seen. But it turns out I hadn't. And then we were lolloping around over mm. uh, Christmas, I was going to say, over the summer. And then why did we decide to watch it? I think because I think maybe you'd said you'd it's said, one of the yeah. greatest films you'd ever seen or something. Or you can say it out loud. There's, yeah? there's 500 Days. Yeah, yes. yeah, 500, yes, yes, yes. Yes, well, 500 I, Days of Summer. Yeah. Yes, I only just watched this. In, in the summer. In, yeah. in I think maybe about... you told us and said, you've got to watch this. Yes, it was. I, I watched it. So when we came back from Saint-Trops, I watched it uh, before I went away to Morocco. My God, and... what a summer you've had. Yeah. What, was... what a summer we had. I wish it was 500 days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, I watched it then and then I convinced you to watch it. Um, and he convinced me. The soundtrack and... and it was breathtaking. Yeah. Yes, I, I mean, I'd got it confused, I think, with my last five girlfriends. Which, <laughs> yes, which it's incidentally, easy to do, though, right? Just so you know, is a film that I'm in, you know. He I was going to say, this every week. I, I starred in a movie. Yeah. I realised they only put me in it because my name was Michael Douglas and they thought they might get him a better <laughs> in across more cinemas. But, um, yeah, I got it confused with that. And then The Summer of Love, I got it confused with that, mm. which is an Emily Blunt film. Yep. Which is really good, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah, but I think she's had quite a bit of work done because she mm. almost looks like a different person. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think she's got Can a I just say, if she has yeah. had work done, mm. it's very good work. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I would say she, she looks doesn't fantastic, look, doesn't she? Um, yeah. Done. Um, that film, is it Edge of Edge Reason? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow yes. with Tom Cruise. Oh! Such a good one. Oh, such a She's good so film, badass yeah. in that film. Mm, mm. We've probably talked about it before, but oh, that's a great film. And um, but Five Hundred Days of Summer, I need to discuss. Yes, because okay. what happened to Zooey Deschanel? So Zooey Deschanel so, plays the love interest of Gordon. She yeah, she Joseph. plays Summer. She is Summer. She is Summer, isn't she? Yeah. she and she's Zooey. The, 
Yeah, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is. Thank you. That's quite a strange name, isn't it? I've never heard of a Zooey before. Um, well, I mean, obviously I have because she's been in quite a few movies, but okay. it was way back then and then she disappeared. She is so gorgeous. She's so gorgeous, oh, isn't she? She's perfectly cast. And hypnotic yeah. and vulnerable mm. and difficult. But it's totally believable why he loves her so much. Like, you don't need to be convinced. They are a perfect match. And she is just slightly better looking than him. Enough for you to find the whole thing believable. Just going back to that film that I worked on, My Last Five Girlfriends. I know that I was in. No, no, but uh, there was a big problem with the film is the guy who played the lead in it clearly, in my opinion, was not nearly good looking enough to have had these five girlfriends. Yeah. And when you see the girlfriends that are in it, you just think, how did you get her? How did you get her? Like the whole thing just Mm. fell on its arse at that point. Mm. But this film is. You completely know what's going on. She holds all the cards, even just because of her beauty. Mm. And he's a handsome chap, you know. She's just slightly mysterious. Mm. And I think at that age, when you're quite young, mystery is Mm -hmm. so appealing because, generally speaking, we all just lay all Mm. our cards out on the table. You know everything about me. Mm. Overshare, blah, blah, blah. But she's just so confusing. And Anyway, it's a love story. Yeah. It really is. All the ups and downs of the love story. But Mm -hmm. we were discussing today the editing and why the editing is so interesting. And what we'd like to do is to give you an example of why that is interesting before you watch the film. So if you haven't seen 500 Days of Summer, Mm -hmm. we would like you to think about this before you watch it. Because, Joel, what you said. So it's quite weird the way that it's shot out of order a lot of the time. A good example is it, it it begins on the 486th day of summer. Mm. So every so all of the shots in the film are all on a different day of summer. And I just want to clear something up because I didn't know this until I watched the film. I thought it had something to do with the the period of summer and it's mm. not. The mm. girl in it is the called girl summer. Is, is summer. So it's it's actually 500 days of his relationship with mm-hmm. this girl summer. So because when when that appeared I was like, uh, oh, I didn't. I just assumed the film mm. would be set in the summer. Yeah. Mm. It's nothing to do with that. Right, that's actually quite an, an interesting thing to bring up as well, because the day that their kind of romantic affair starts, if you count that, I think um, 500 days on, it comes to the beginning of autumn. Oh, oh. Does it? I think oh, so, yeah. Okay, okay, God, Joel. Nice. Yeah. I love talking Detail. about films with you. It's, it's, I, <laughs> I equally love it. But there's a, yeah, so every, every shot and every scene in the film is a different day of summer involved. And so they start, like I said, on mm-hmm. day 486, near the end of that period. And it's, it just begins to show an example of how they use the chronology of the film to make a much more affecting story. So there's, there's a scene about two to 300 days on where him and Summer are in Ikea. He starts to try and play around and he goes over to the, the kitchen section starts playing with the sinks. And, he, and he's saying, oh, all these sinks are broken. Mm. And she kind of like does like a bit of like a pity sigh and then yes. walks off. A slight raising and, of eyes. Yeah, like a, like a, proper, a proper eye roll kind of situation. And, and you kind of find it, it a bit like flat and you think, oh, okay, that was... That felt like kind of a loose tangent. Then it immediately sort of jumps back about 150 or so days 
to when they first ever did a trip to Ikea together. And it's sort of them kind of waltzing through the different sections and her making all of these different jokes and then him making jokes out of those jokes as well. And it creates this really, really lovely Mm -hmm. interaction between them where they're not quite on the fringe of a relationship yet, but they're in that lovely honeymoon period where they're so kind of infatuated. (laughs) But... Uh, it's but so it's, weird putting that after, it is, isn't but, it? But it's it's so clever because I I watched that scene afterwards after the 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 much more kind of depressing scene, and it didn't that scene while making me feel extremely good and sort of light. It didn't make me happy because I knew that it I knew that that wasn't it. Like yeah. that disintegrates that that mm-hmm. that stops after sort of a good three or four months. So. It was kind of just like this, this feeling of I had to I had to let that go before the film progressed anymore, yeah. and then it proceeds to sort of jump back and forth further and further. To and I think what's interesting is that if they had put that before, mm. you'd watch them so in love in IKEA at their first shop, and then have been hugely disappointed when mm-hmm. yeah. they went back to IKEA and it wasn't as good. But because it was done this way round, you just assumed that they weren't getting on. Yeah. And then it jumps back and you think, oh, they did get on. So the pathos, the pain. Mm. So you're watching something so cute and loving and romantic, Mm. but there's a pain attached to it Mm. because of the way that it's been edited. Yeah, Yeah. and then you as as the viewer hold, hold on to that that scene where they're really in love and going through it. Yeah. Because you don't want to let go of it, but you know it's got to go. Yeah. So they they use the rest of the film to let you kind of say, it's okay to move on from Mm. from these things. It is a brilliant, brilliant, is, brilliant film, I think. It is good. Is this the first film you've seen where the timeline jumps around like that? No, I've no, seen, I've seen, seen loads and loads of mm. films that have done it before, but this is the first one which compelled me enough to consider it and yes. why it matters. Yeah. Mm. I think Pulp Fiction was the first one I'd seen where you were watching the end of the film at the start of the film. Do you remember where they're in that place mm. and it's being uh, held actually, up? You're so good at remembering things. Mm. I, I saw it once and I can't remember any of it. Yeah, there's that bit Except at the beginning the where bit. it says, I love you, honey bunny. Yeah, and he says, and "Any of you, motherfuckers?" No. <laughs> yeah. And you, you 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 watch that at the beginning, and then all of a sudden it, it cuts to them in a car talking about cheeseburgers and stuff. Yeah. You're not quite sure what's going on, and then at the end of the film, you realise you're back at the beginning again. It's the first time I'd seen that done with real power and mm. and and re- really good effect. But you think, well, why does it work? You know, why well, and ultimately, it's a massive spoiler. Yes, like everybody so, always yeah. goes, oh, don't yeah. give any spoilers mm. away. But sometimes a movie gives away a spoiler mm. right at the beginning of the movie. But if you think about how your mind works, your your memory jumps around all the time, doesn't it? Mm. And I think sometimes in a movie that it gives you the freedom to uh, allow it, I guess, it to free a bit. Mm. I don't know why it works, but it works really well. Mm. I love a time shift movie like that. I mean, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind is another That's great example, example where the film starts in the middle of the film essentially you know and then you learn more about what where it actually started from in the middle of is the that film, both of your favorite film oh, it's one of my favorites yeah you know? it's, it's one of mine i couldn't put it mm. i couldn't put any any at top but that's definitely close but it depends what day you're asked i think yeah 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 <laughs> what i would say is he's called joel because of joel in because that of joel film. really yeah yeah i didn't know that yeah well he was born at christmas he was going to be noel 
because of Christmas. Yeah. But Deal or No Deal came really big and all oh, I could think yeah, of no, was Noel Edmonds. No, you know? you're right, you're right. And I thought, gosh, so much uncool. No, Joel man, is you know? great. You so, are such yeah. a Joel. I watched Eternal Sunshine around the time he was due to be born and it was just like, oh, yeah, it's Joel. It's not Noel, yeah, it's Joel, no. you know. Yeah. And then there was a little boy on a bus who had a rucksack on and on the back of it, his mum had written his name, which was Joel. And it was just like a sign. That's you know? it. It's like, a sign. Shit. He's called Joel. Let's just hope he's a boy. 500 Days of Summer fits in to the category of how I measure films. Guess what it scores? Um, you don't have to guess. 7.7. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to put you through like some kind of weird guessing game. 7.7. As we know, anything over seven can get a watch. Mm. But anything under two hours can also get a watch if it gets below seven. Yeah. Yes. This is one hour 35 and 7.7. One hour 35 is perfect. This is perfect. a dream film. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, like you have no excuses not Can to I watch this film. quickly say yeah. something? That one and a half hour theatre experience with no interval is also amazing. <sighs> I would much rather go to a one and a half hour long show and be home by 9.30. Totally. Would you? Don't give me an interval. Yeah, I don't want an interval. I don't want Intervals gin and tonic with no eyes. No. Yeah. And in comedy, I don't want an interval. No, I don't. No. Just be funny for an hour and a half and I'd be really happy with that. I often think about this and I think it's the venue insists because they get money for drinks. So I don't necessarily think the artist has got a choice. I think they've got to put a break in. Cause... Except from you because you will always take with you. Yeah, I'll always take me on yeah. snacks. Yeah. So 500 Days of Summer, it has Zooey. What's she called? Zooey De- De- Deschanel. Deschanel. God, so we've got to find something else that she's in and watch it. There's loads of she, stuff. Yeah, so she's got a sitcom called New Girl, which she's in. Oh, is she New yes. Girl? Ah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is that yes. his name? Yeah. I always want to call him Gordon Joseph-Levitt, yes. mm. but he's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and he's also in Looper, which you've mm. not seen. His he's a fantastic... Breeze. Did he not write he's or brilliant. direct or...? He does, he does directing as well. Yeah, I think he did something on this, mm. Okay. 500 well, Days of Summer. He, he produced it. He's absolute <clears> knockout. Do you know where it's on, Joel, where you can get it? It's uh, on Netflix? Yeah, well, it was on Prime and it's just gone off. Okay. So I think you'll have to, you'll have to rent it somewhere like Prime. Okay, or um, iTunes or something like yes, that. Or keep yeah. your eyes peeled for it. I would like to talk about something else that uh-huh. Joel showed us the other okay, day. Yeah, yeah. Because this absolutely mm. blew my tiny <laughs> mind. It's not that and tiny. And the reason why mm-hmm. I like 120. What's um, that? My IQ. <sighs> got it. Did you got hear it, that, ladies Got and it gentlemen. tested. Yeah. Oh, my God. There what? are so many things we need to talk about. Uh-huh. 16... Pers- 16 personalities. personalities yeah. You told us to do that, Joel. Mm. Well, well he, say he was the original one. We have talked about 16 personalities oh, before. Have we? Because I did it about two years mm. ago and I talked about it in the pod. Oh. But we can definitely do a, a okay. refresh because we've we never done we'll it We'll do a refresh. Yeah. Yeah. But this um, short, it was a short mm. that yes. um, by Paul Thomas Anderson uh, directing, is something that I would never, ever, ever have watched off my own back. Mm. If it's not a Disney short... It's not in my yes. remit. So I sat down with a completely open mind. Mm. But it was one of the most incredible just... visual feasts yeah. that I have ever got my teeth into. And I, I can't even quite explain what it is. But mm. Tom York is amazing. He's Will so you just explain yeah. what it is? It's a 15-minute kind of 
experimental short film. Obviously, like you said, by, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who's actually done... He's done lots and lots of work before What's with... What's your other favourite um, film that he did? There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also done work before with um, Johnny Greenwood, who is obviously a guitarist and Radiohead. Yeah. And so I think they must have some sort of yes. clique, which I'd love to be a he part of He does lots of point. music videos, doesn't he? Because he does yeah. all of Himes. Mm. Oh, does he? Yeah. videos, yeah. Because they were in Licorice Pizza as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. He wrote... He directed, he directed yeah. that, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's a 15-minute short film, and it's all soundtracked. There's no talking in it. Um, it's all soundtracked by Tom York's solo album that he released called Anima, uh, and he selected three, tr- three songs off it. One of them was Traffic. One of them was the final one, which is called Dawn Chorus which has become one of my favourite songs of all time now because I'd, I'd heard it before yeah. in different people's social media and stuff. And it would always kind of bored me because I didn't know anything about it. And I watched that short and the last kind of five minutes come into play. The last five minutes, um, it, it gets really close. Like you saw, it gets really close and intimate with this and one. Can we... The, the dancer. Yes. Yeah, the, which is amazing. Who is his wife? That's, yeah, that's his, that's his wife. Yeah, his new, yeah, his new wife. Yeah, to, Tom York's wife. I should I should explain. Yes, because um, like, when I was watching it, I was like, mm, "There is something." I mean, I, either yeah. I was thinking, "God, this is like the curse of Strictly." These two look so yeah, intimate that if I was mm. Tom York's wife, I'd be very jealous. Mm. And I, then I thought, after a few minutes, I thought, "God, maybe they're actually together because this looks mm. way too intimate." It's so yeah, it's so. Um, it's passionate. Passionate, like it's right? Really. And, but then I, I looked it up because I was mm. like, I've got to find out who she is and, and are they together and yeah. they are. Yeah, well, it's yeah, great. It's, it's so it's really, on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. It's just 15 minutes long. 15 minutes long. And it's, it's a piece of art. It's, yeah, it's a piece it's of just, art. It's and the dancing like a, in it and the oh, choreography. All the choreography. Yeah. The lighting yeah. in it. Mm. The, the power. It mm-hmm. feels quite kind of Soviet Union, yes, Iron Curtain. It's, mm. um, it's all shot in Prague. It's all shot in Prague, yeah. Can't tell, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really a phenomenal watch. Mm. Um, What's it so called? Anima. Anima. Which Anima. is spelt A-N-I-M-A. A, yeah. Okay. Not Enema. Oh, yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. And anyone will watch it. Yes, and it's also very worth listening to the full album once you've watched the short film. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good shout. Did we talk about your book at all last week? We had um, Mel and Sean with us last week. Yes. Our podcast kind of winners. We took for lunch. Weren't they nice? They were so great hopefully they're listening so they bought amazing suggestions yeah i'm still trying to get over the yorkshire pecorino Mm. um which quite hilariously we left in the fridge in your studio studio and came into the studio the next morning and the entire studio smelled of cheese yeah because we hadn't wrapped it properly i thought god it was amazing passed away in my studio yeah it was a Overwhelming strong smell of it cheese. It was fabulous. But it was it was brilliant. But and, they were lovely. Uh, we're still piling through the brownies, yeah. so Reese has taken a little fancy to them. So um it was absolutely great. But I don't think we talked about your book, which no. I think we should give yes, it a please. mention. So the book Menopausing has yes, uh, just it's dropped. dropped. What's quite interesting is that I got a copy today, it was sent to me, and you said you'd signed Yes, signed and it. I have. But, but um, what I'm worried about I, yeah. is that, you know, I, I wrote get... something to you, yeah. Michael, which yeah. obviously I thought only you would, read. would see. Mm-hmm. And someone else 
will have been sent this yeah. rather racy copy of Menopausing. Yeah, I'm really looking and forward to... you got a simple just signed Davina one. I did. I felt, I felt like... It's like Miffed. a knife in the heart, to be honest, you know. Um, when I opened it, I said... Oh. I promise I did do is, it. I did a post on uh, on Instagram today where I said, Andy, film this. I want to say something nice about my girlfriend's book, you know. And I said, look what I've got, something in the post. And then I, I unzipped it and I opened it and I said, I think I've got a signed copy. I think she's put a message inside it. And I opened it and I went, oh, no, it just says Davina. And he went, oh, and I said, can we film this again? <laughs> I can shot it again. It was very, very funny. Um, yeah, but someone well, will be going, I've been sent a copy and, it's, and let's open it. Yeah. Oh, let's close it. Racist. Um, but it's brilliant. And you launched it in Bath over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, we. Bath. it was really hard, actually, mm. to launch it. It launched on the 15th and obviously... Um, we were all in mourning and the queen had died and we cancelled lots of things lots of kind of press things Mm. that we were going to go and do and some talks we were going to do one in Birkenhead which we're rescheduling but there was one in Bath this weekend that Mm. we couldn't reschedule it was one of the greatest nights ever Mm. I mean it was sold out so we had I think they'd sold like 1200 tickets yes but I think another, like an extra, hundreds of extra people came. It was full here and mm. up here. It was absolutely electrifying. And I've got to say big shout out to the five men who came. Yes, I mean, um, I'm supporting their partners. Only, only five, really. It was it's... really sweet, yeah, actually. Good. Yeah, good on them. And, but we laughed a mm. lot. We got lots of very helpful information because mm. Dr. Naomi Potter, who I've written the book with, who is a menopause specialist, She's an extremely fastidious and careful person. She would never say something that isn't absolutely mm. factually correct. And the problem for us at the moment is that there's a lot of information out there that is not factually correct. Mm-hmm. But anything that you read in this book, Naomi will not let it pass yeah. if it's not right. And she was there giving all of her amazing medical knowledge. And then I was just there being quite naughty. Yeah. And um, You're good at that. Yeah, and Mm. and me and Angelica Bell. Angelica was interviewing me. She was really funny. Yeah. And Britta, my old nanny, was there. And she was my perfect husband uh, when the kids were growing up. (laughs) She just was like, if I'd fancied her, it would have been amazing. We could have gone out or something because we were the best team ever. And I love her so much. Mm. She bloody fell in love with somebody who lives in Somerset which was really annoying. <laughs> but um, no, I'm really happy took, for it. Took her away. Took her you. away. Anyway, um, she was there. So it was a really amazing night. But yeah. I'm very proud of this book. I think what's interesting about it is this, the assumption that perhaps somebody else just wrote it for you or, mm. or whatever. But I saw you mm. night after night mm. and say, I'm going to go in two or three hours mm. on the book. And I just think, oh, really? Can you not just watch TV with me instead? <laughs> so I had to make sacrifices of my own did. for this book And thank you, place. the women of Britain. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good, good. And, and I, also, I just want to say thank uh, you, because yeah. you contributed yes, to it. Yes, I did a little page in this, and I did my own voice in the audio version. So if you want to go and listen to these dulcet tones talking about air um, and the menopause, then um, then that would be a good reason to do it. Um, but it's out now. It is. You can get it anywhere and everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, great, right? And I'm just going to quickly blow my own trumpet. Yeah, please, that's Number why I wanted to do this. Number two on yeah. the Amazon chart, only beaten by Richard Osman, who... Beats everybody, so yeah. I don't feel bad about that. He's very tall, Richard Osman. I feel like there's some discrepancy with... T- tall people are more likely to become... They find it easier to become successful, I think, than smaller people. 
This is a theory I have. So when I see oh, tall you, people, do I you think, not mm, find taller people have it easier in everything? Yeah, I feel. I, feel I think like that, that yeah. I think that people are impressed by height. Yes, it's got like a presence. The world it? It walks is into a heightest. Room. Totally. I need to do things to big myself up because I'm only five foot five. But this is one of the things that I really, really like about you. I put in the effort, right? I have to put in the effort. And you always used to say to me, Mm -hmm. you might want me to cut this out afterwards, but you always used to say that when you arrive somewhere and Mm -hmm. you are your height and people find out that you're a hairdresser, people have unbelievably low expectations of you. Unbelievable, And Actually, you are, as everybody that listens to this podcast now knows, really a smart guy, right? And you educate, well, you educate yourself, you watch lots of documentaries Mm. and dramas, you listen to tons of podcasts and you want to learn. You're Mm. like a sponge for information. So that when you do go to somewhere, people have such low expectations of you that you leave always. I have never left anywhere with you without at least five people coming up to me going, Oh my god, Michael's amazing. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh my god, he's really like Yeah. And and yet if you are and, tall and mm. handsome and everything, you don't have to make any effort at all. Feels like somebody, that, you know. So that actually when you get talking to somebody who is gorgeous and has never has to make an, any effort to kind of get to know people, mm. they're not as interesting because they've never had to try hard yeah. because they just get seen. But you are so brilliant. And when you I love taking you well, to places because I'm always like Here's Michael. I'm just going to let him impress you, and you're going to come up to me in <laughs> yeah. half an hour and tell me how brilliant he is. Uh, and, and that happens is, every time. If I can't do it with words, I have always got the caterpillar and the backspin flip out. On oh my TV. god, people! His break they, dancing yeah. is something else. You've got to stop doing that, though. Yeah, neck, no, no, I neck. Got a sore neck. Yeah, can't, can't, neck. Yeah, have it. Um, on, on that subject, I so saw me and my mate Andy went out on on Saturday night. We got. These tickets to see Paul Weller. Oh, yeah. But wait, I think what's important, because you can't review that because nobody else can go to it, but you can tell us about it. But I want to know, how did you find the tickets? So on Paul Weller HQ on Instagram, which is the, obviously the office of Paul Weller, just said, Paul's performing tomorrow night in Notting Hill at Akram Village, which is just by Portobello Road. £12 a ticket if you're interested. I was like, what? What? So he was too good to be true. Yeah, he was supporting a friend of his called Kevin Haynes, um, who had written some records and was putting out an EP and he was launching it there. And Paul had done one of the songs on the EP with him, and I think he just agreed. Well, I'll I'll be your opening slot. Unbelievable. So me and Andy went down there, twelve quid a ticket. He did like a one hour set and with a full it, band. Yeah, you thought it was just going to be Paul and a guitar. Be, yeah, yeah. He brought everybody. We had a flute player, a saxophone player, two guitarists. I think his son was on bass actually as well. He's got a lot of kids, Paul Weller. I had to, I, if you're not, you can't see me, but I'm doing the action of playing bass. Uh, anyway, it was brilliant. But the other point I was going to get after that, me and Andy went for a few drinks in Notting Hill and the size of the men in West London was outrageous. Oh, yeah, you said. They were and enormous. The, there was a sort of nightclub There's a nightclub um, vibe going vibe. on the electric, yeah. And I thought, oh, this will be quite good fun. All of the men were over six giants. foot three. Giants. And not, and having, not having to impress anybody. They oh. just are impressive. And I was saying to Andy, can you imagine how dull these guys are? And, and the women were like pouring all over them. And then they tried to dance a bit. And I thought, look at this guy. I can't even dance. He can barely yeah, walk. Yeah, you can dance. You know? So I did a few shimmies, you know. But I wasn't yeah, interested. Yeah. I'm not interested in uh, no, the but attention you know, from the ladies. Yeah, I don't know. mind you getting the attention. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just makes me proud. But uh, yeah, tall men, you know, like... Phew, Who'd want to be tall? Yeah, not me. I think they die earlier as well, tall people. 
heart's got to work a lot harder to feel better. Pump blood. It's like a big dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a big dog. Yeah, big dogs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save forty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower dot com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber dot com. I would like to quickly talk about mm-hmm. um, something else that Joel told me about, and that is the be genius, your podcast yeah. Soon. Yeah. the <gasps> genius, genius lyrics website. Oh, yeah. So talk a, us through it. It's a, I mean, dare I say, genius website. Oh, well, well, so, well, 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 thank you, thank you. I'm a natural. Um, it essentially takes. Don't try it takes and be better the, than us, Joel. Okay, yeah. like, okay. You're I'm just a guest on this podcast. Insecure, like, yeah, me too. And he's tall. <laughs> <laughs> it takes the lyrics from songs, any songs that you can think of. I mean, if they're lesser known, then people might not have submitted meanings for them. But essentially, it's a, they take lyrics from songs, and then people can go on there, highlight the lyrics, and then a bit like Wikipedia, submit what they think the lyrics mean yes. and essentially you can find whatever song you really like if you're a bit confused about some of the words and what mm. they mean you can go on there and people will have submitted kind of ideas as to what they think the song means and, and what it means and I've just found like I found some songs where like I like I've, I've probably guessed by now I listen to a lot of Radiohead and a lot of their uh, their lyrics can be quite confusing I mean they all try and tell a, a, a story but they can be quite confusing I go on there and it just lays it all out for you like yeah. on a blank canvas and like you can just dissect but this it isn't from really the nice. band this is people's yes. interpretation yes. or things that the snippets that they've heard yeah. or picked up yeah. from just, somewhere or an interview that Tom's it's far done more or, interesting yeah because then it's all still there's still that level doubt. of speculation yeah. there's mm. not like a this is exactly what it is yes yes that's it yeah. yeah, I think that's the art of a good song is that it means lots of different things to lots mm. of different people. What I enjoy about this uh, ge- li- ge- genius genius, genius yeah. lyrics is that it it's op- called genius dot com genius dot com and it it opens up the song for yeah. your interpretation because you might only think in a two dimensional way about the song, but mm. after reading a few other comments, you go, oh, hang on a second, hang yeah. on a second. I've got this all wrong, you know. <laughs> and I think that's what we were talking about with movies earlier as well. It's the mm, same thing, the yeah. act, how you interpret movies. You're not necessarily... If you just watch the story and, and take the story, mm. then you're missing 50% of the film, essentially. Yeah. You know? So what, what have you put they in there, anything? I just put Creep in Radiohead. Radiohead creep. So it gives you the lyrics. Two million people have seen that. And it also gives you the album, and I guess all the lyrics from there... 
I mean, in a million ways, this is fantastic. So you've mm. got lyrics to every song. Yeah. So you could karaoke if you wanted to, mm. or if you're playing the piano. or And at the end, it says about, which kind of tells you yes. what the song potentially is about. Or yes. How. Um, so the about, yeah, the about section is, is literally just all of the, all of the information that, um, that you can get from individual lines condensed into one big kind of biography about the song it's itself bloody brilliant it's such a great yeah, idea and the other really thing great. i think because you two as well mm. introduced me to listening to a song lyrically mm. because as you guys know i'm so yeah. into my dance music and dance music is rhythmic mm. not lyrical most of the time they just repeat yeah. a, a line over and over and over again it doesn't really mean it can you feel it mm. you know is a song one of my favorites and it just says can you feel it a thousand times and some sirens <laughs> a bit like with 500 days of summer if you mm. think about the editing before you see the film yeah. it helps you enjoy it, it more it puts if it you, in a whole different yeah. light yeah so if you it's... go a little bit deeper into mm. a song like even if it's an old song that you really yeah. love there's a song by Jerry Rafferty that I am literally oh, yeah, right, down the line, right down the yeah. line. Jerry Rafferty, shut up, put the car in park. Why have I never heard that before? Mm. It's so weird. It's on the Baker Street album mm. and I didn't, I didn't know it. Anyway, you know, to look up a song like that and think you enjoy it more when you yeah. listen to it because when you're listening to it, you're thinking about the words in a much deeper way, which mm, brings yeah. you, you more th- enjoyment. And Michael's, we've lost your dad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's uh, gone into the genius wormhole. Well, it's quite an interesting little quote here about Creep that it says, I have a real problem being a man in the 90s, which is always fascinating. So, if, you know, when you've take a snapshot of what somebody was like in a particular decade. Any man with any sensitivity or conscience towards the opposite sex would have a problem to actually assert yourself in a masculine way without looking like you're in a hard rock band is a very difficult thing to do. It comes back to music we write, which is not effeminate, but it's brutal in its arrogance. It's uh, one of the things I'm always trying is to assert a sexual persona and on the other hand, trying desperately to negate it at the same time. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Creep, I guess, um, is a very particular song. I suppose, but I, I'd never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. I would never have thought of it like that. Mm. Yeah, so no, I, I know. I love the website. But thank and there's you loads for that. of songs that I don't... Uh, that Charlie Brown song from Coldplay, yeah. I have no idea what that's it's about still, or why yeah, it's, it's called Charlie like Brown. A, well, let me pop that in there. Still, Hang on. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, I was I was talking about that talking the other day, um, like, yeah. like what what the hell it means. And obviously, Charlie What's Brown is Charlie, Charlie, Brown. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's the the fictional Peanuts character. Yeah. And there's references to different cartoons and ch- child cartoons in there, like mm-hmm. The Lost Boys is a Peter Pan reference. Yes. Um, of course. Yeah, yeah. The person I was with, Sid, like pointed that out, but we still like we didn't we didn't know what mm-hmm. like we didn't know what that meant. It's just something that was oh, there. The like we couldn't, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, took yeah. what they offered me, which, and I so guess you think like, that's a, a reference to that would be a Peter reference Pan. to Peter Pan, yeah. Um, Chris Martin said about Charlie Brown that I know our lyrics are a bit shit, but the ones for Charlie Brown, I like them a lot. <laughs> Genius dot com. That is. It is a very, very, very good it's site. It's an amazing website. You have to you have to allocate at least well an hour done. to just yes delve into it. Yeah, that was a very, very good shout.
Deborah James. Mm-hmm. You and I met Deborah James together. Yes, I did it and many times. we met working mm-hmm. for Rivita because uh, Rivita were talking about fibre and how important fibre is in our lives. And Deborah James came along to talk to us about the importance of fibre in relation to bowel cancer. And then we had Megan Rossi there talking about... Mm. Oh, is that when you met to, Megan Rossi? Yeah, how oh. to get various different types mm. of fibre in our diet. But Deborah James, I know that you and me were both completely blown away mm. by her. Mm. And yeah. afterwards, you know, we talked about her for kind of days afterwards, just saying... She, I mean, she literally touched and changed the lives of so many people um and she saved many lives so Mm -hmm. she was a woman at 35 years old she discovered she had stage four bowel cancer stage four means it's terminal Mm -hmm. and she was completely polaxed by that because Mm -hmm. you know we don't normally think that those kind of things are going to happen to us until much later in life and there she was 35 two young children Mm -hmm. And she'd been given uh, less than an 8% chance of surviving five years. And she survived for five years. And she wrote this book mm-hmm. at the time when she was living on borrowed time. And it's called How to Live When You Could Be Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a book to try and help us live our lives as if we were going to die Duh. without having to die yeah yeah okay do you know what I mean yeah 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 so uh, it it really made me think a lot about my sister Mm -hmm. and how I felt after my sister died and how my sister had done a bucket list and I thought why are we doing a bucket list for you now like why did we not do a bucket list when Mm -hmm. you were living and just go let's do this yeah so the living bucket list should be something you know that you're not trying to do before you die just trying to do because you want to do it yeah um But she talks a lot about... I mean, she was funny. She was an educator. She had a real zest for life. And she had a a will to live unlike any woman (laughs) I have ever met. Mm. And she was sent home because no more treatment could be given. And I think they'd roughly given her two weeks to live. And even then, she went way past the two weeks Mm -hmm. that the doctors had given her because her will was so strong and I found her so inspiring but not only that she's inspired a a girlfriend of mine's got stage four cancer and she said that she got great comfort from the fact that Deborah outlived her the worst prognosis that if she could if Deborah can do it Mm -hmm. I can do it Mm -hmm. and she also has a very strong will to live yes I know this person yeah yeah so I just think this is one of those books, whether mm. you've got cancer, whether you haven't got cancer, if you know anybody that has got cancer, it's just, it is a life book mm-hmm. that you should read. And I quickly want to say that three pounds from every book sold in the UK will go, will go to the Bow Babe Fund, yeah, wow. which um, all money towards mm-hmm. cancer mm-hmm. research. She, even in her death, she's still raising money mm. <laughs> for, for cancer. She is an am- yeah. amazing, was yes. an amazing, amazing woman. And, and let, we will never forget her. She's mm. made an indelible mark on us, I think, as a nation. She's fantastic. The idea would be that you would read this book if you were suffering or knew somebody who was suffering with cancer, but that's not the no. point of the book, right? No, the because point of the book is it's for all of us to what? live a life as as richly and as fully as you possibly can because my philosophy on life is that i do have a terminal illness Mm. that will kill Mm. me yeah it's life it's called life yeah like (laughs) it'll definitely kill me yeah 
So what do I want to do? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've already yeah. been diagnosed with it and I already yeah. know I'm going to die, you know. Mm. And that kind of propels me forward in many ways because I think, what could go wrong? Do you fear death? No, not at all. Mm. As you know, I've experienced it once. Mm. So, no, I think I, I fear suffering, mm. but not the death bit. But I like, fear suffering a lot more than You know, I, d- I don't. I don't want to be in pain or discomfort or... Do you have that thing that you want to make sure the boys are all right before you go? Oh, yeah, yeah. But they're fine. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with these two. They'll be all right. I, um, I feel like that about... I think Holly would be mm. fine. I think Tilly would be sad, but I think Chester would be broken mm. now. Yeah. So I feel like I need to You can go hold stick around until you can... Hold off at least for another five years. That's the trick, isn't it? If you can get your kids in a position where they're fully self-sufficient... Yes. And, mm. and they can move forward my poor parents I wasn't fully self-sufficient mm. for ages yeah. I mean I was self-sufficient but I was a bit of a car crash you were pretending you were, I was a car crash yeah. you're very self-sufficient now by the way yeah, I'm very pleased now. about that but yeah I, I can imagine that that is a great book to read irrespective yes, of irrespective. your circumstances or whether you're poorly or not I mean not the poorly, thing on the back just, says yeah. question your life as if it didn't have a tomorrow mm. live the way you want to live today because I always think when if, if, if I've got to do something difficult whatever it might be, you know, whether it's to do with work or relationships or anything like that, I always think, well, I'm going to die anyway. Mm. You know, like, this feels like the right thing to do, even though it's extremely difficult. Mm. So let's crack on with it, Mm. you know. And Mm. there's something very sobering about the idea that the worst that can happen is that you're going to die. And you think, well, I'm already dead in many ways, Mm. you know. (laughs) So Mm. let's let's make the best of everything we possibly can, you Mm. know. And just because something's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I think faced with the idea that we're all going to die one day is somehow makes me want to live. You know. What about you, Joel? Yeah. What about young person's perspective? Yeah. A young person. Yeah. What do you, do you ever think about death? think about death? No. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. I feel like it would be negligent to not think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, like I mean, as you said, obviously, it is the your whole life is a form of terminal illness. Mm. But if you were to completely negate that and sort of block. The, the whole idea of death out of your mind, if it was to strike you mm-hmm. close in your family, you'd be completely sort yeah, of... Ru- yeah. So I think if you don't consider it upon yourself, you'll, you'll, you'll never know how to, how to cope with it if it, if it affects you. Mm. Not, not, as it, not if it comes to you, but if it affects you. Mm. So I think, I think young people should especially think about death as well. It's like, mm. there's that idea that it's good for for kids to to get pets. Yes. Because yes, then if, yes. if you get a pet, if you get a dog at birth, dogs, when, uh, depending on what breed of dog, it will probably live to around between like 10 and 12. Okay. If a kid's like 10 to 12 years old and experiences are really close, mm. that that teaches them very early on how to cope with a with a form of, of yeah. death and loss. And like I never, I'd never really had anything like that because we didn't have, really have many pets. And then when we yeah. had Ronnie and... She died last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that hit like a truckload. Oh, yeah. But then, yeah. But it's taught you but something, then, right? Yeah. And then, we, and then we had other yeah. passings, like Grand Lily. Oh, and I was really? able to, to, to cope with that, like... Better. Way, way, oh, way really? better. Because, because I, acknowledged, I acknowledged, like, the life she had and mm. the joy she brought to mine. And it, mm. and it, and it only made me comfortable. Like, oh, okay. There are yeah. different types of grief as well, aren't mm. there? Because oh, there's yeah. a grief... There's a grief for someone you've known your whole life, mm. like Lily, mm. but who 
had lived a full and amazing yeah. life yes. and, and touched so many people. And you then think, okay, yeah. well, she's gone and I'm really going to miss her because she was such a big part. Mm. And but, then there's grief of something that you never young. got to experience and life that, with. Yeah, yeah, so there was like Ronnie who you think, mm. she was too young. Yeah, right? I, I was ready to, yeah. to be about 25 years yeah. old and come back home and, and she'll she'd be still be there. Yeah. Yeah. And then to be like 15 and she was already gone. Yeah, it was ter- that yeah. was really terrible. Mm. I got a uh, I got a dwarf rabbit when I was ten years yeah. old, and it froze to death in the garden uh, when I went away for Christmas. <laughs> I know. Um, I did get the neighbour to look oh, after no. it, but um, uh, God Almighty, it absolutely destroyed me because not only had it died, I felt like I'd killed it. You yeah. know? I mean, I don't know whether he was. But again, to what an amazing. What, you know? But it was a hell of an experience. But oh, I still think about. Young Samson now, a <laughs> little grey dwarf rabbit. Oh God, only had him for about three months. You know, I don't know what the hell I was doing with a rabbit. You know, but um, it was it was a serious education. Let's oh, let's let's be quite clear. Dwarf rabbits are really cute. Well, we got another dwarf rabbit after that, and then anything I could get my hands on that was dwarf, I was like, we got a dwarf hamster. Um, yes, I just wanted, have like, you seen yeah, the dwarf mm, hamsters? We had They're dwarf so hamsters. sweet. They're like, they're tiny little things, yeah. aren't they? So, um, yeah, cue to the better, basically. Yeah. But, um, mm. oh, yeah, I've got one picture of me with Samson. I'll have to yeah. dig it out. Remember that thing? Well, that was something we now about need your... to put that on the pod. Mm. Yeah, okay, well, see if I can dig it out. It'll be, it'll be in a box of photos somewhere. But there was something about your porn star name was something to do with your, yeah. the name of your first Oh, pet. my God, Samson and, and your yeah, first your road. road. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Samson Dalehead. Oh my god, that sounds so good. There's something about the word head that's porn star, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, crikey. Mine is, well, it depends on Mm. if it's my first, first, ever, ever, ever pet. Yeah, I think Mm. it's got to be. Or whether it's my first adult pet. But if it's my first Mm. ever pet, it's Ginny Benbo. Ooh, oh, Ginny Benbo. Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to Google that, see what comes (laughs) up. (laughs) Sounds like there might be a MILF uh, somewhere on Pornhub called that. Ginny Bell. Benbo. Benbo. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Do you know Benbo Road yes, is in yeah, Hammersmith? Yeah. Mm. Yes, I'm, I know. I'm I've like, taken you down it. Haven't yeah, I? you. I mean, yeah. that's a euphemism, uh, right there somewhere. I've taken you, you down the Benbo. Taking me up the Benbo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Joel! I'm yeah, so yeah, sorry. So Don't know totally where really that went. We've got, oh, peace. <laughs> we've got one last thing to talk about, ladies yes. and gentlemen. It's a TV show um, that we've started watching, and it's. Uh, it's one of my most favourite stories of the Hollywood era of the 1970s. <gasps> yes! Yeah, now, you're going to hate me for this, first of all, but it is on Paramount Plus. Only. Oh, yeah, I hated you, you might, for that for a few seconds. But you get seven days free if you sign up. And then uh, you could quickly watch it in seven days. And then you could watch days. it in seven days and get rid of it. Or Yellowstone is also on Paramount Plus, and everybody I know is saying Yellowstone is a must, must watch. This is the thing with Kevin Costner in it. I don't know anything else about it other than the trailer looked good. And I've never heard somebody say, this is not good. Anyway, this TV show I'm talking about is called The Offer. And The Offer is the making of The Godfather, which was a film that was horrifically difficult to make and obviously went on to be one of the greatest films of all time. It's brilliant because it makes you immediately want to go and watch The Godfather. (gasps) Yes, so... But that would be a good idea, I would say, for people. If you've not watched The Godfather recently, it might be worth watching that film and then watching The Offer. But there's a very big, lively character in The Offer, uh, and it's this chap called Bobby Evans. Now, a while back, we talked about the documentary The Kid Stays in the Picture, and The Kid Stays in the Picture is a documentary about Bobby Evans. So I, I kind of know the nuts and bolts of this story, but it's actually 
written from the perspective of the producer, who I think is called Al Ruddy. Al Ruddy was... Yes, Ruddy. Yeah. Was, he was a computer engineer at RAND. And the reason I know about RAND because it's in all those Adam Curtis documentaries. Oh, is it? Yeah, RAND was this amazing oh, computer place, yeah, that really existed that was developing game theory and stuff like that to deal with the Russians. Like, it took data from all sorts of different sources. And this is in the 70s when computer data, I guess, was thin on the ground and tried to predict, you know, the markets, tried to predict what economies were doing around the world and all that stuff. So RAND is just an amazing kind of um, complex business anyway. So anyway, worked at RAND. Clever guy. Hated it. Really clever guy, but was desperate to produce movies. He met a few people and then he he hijacked Bobby Evans at a meeting and begged him to, to let him produce I've got something. to say, he's hypnotic in this part, Miles Teller. Oh, Miles Teller's brilliant in it, isn't he? And the guy playing oh. Bobby Evans is called Matthew Good. Yeah. He's an English actor. I love him. But God, he has nailed Bobby Evans. The voice, the clothes, everything about it is so mm. good. Charlie Bloomfelt is played by the guy that we know a little bit called Byrne, Byrne Gorman. Mm-hmm. And um, he plays this um, this this Jewish guy who Andy's done a bit of research on, and his whole backstory is amazing. Jewish immigrant into America uh, ends up creating Gulf and Western, which owns Paramount, but loads of other businesses. This guy came to a wow. New York with nothing and creates a billion dollar empire. Out of, wow! Out of so even his story is bloody amazing. It is the story of them trying to piece together the Godfather and put it out as a movie. It's the most successful book around at that time. And then, of course, it's who we're going to get to direct it. He's only got a $4 million budget. And films were probably being made for about $15 million back in those days. Big movies, you know. So he's got to try and make a brilliant movie out of a brilliant book with four million quid. And he gets Francis Ford Coppola on board. And at the moment, we're up to episode three, which is where they're trying to get the actors to play uh, Michael Corleone, which is played by... um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. And they're trying to find the Don, which they want uh, Marlon Marlon Brando Brando. for. But there is no way they've got the budget for Brando. And Bobby Evans hates Al Pacino and is refusing point blank to let him in this movie at all. So this Al Ruddy guy is trying to piece together this movie under a whole bunch of obstacles everywhere. One of the obstacles being the mafia itself hate the book The Godfather and do not want this film to be made. And there's a character in The Godfather called Johnny Fontaine, which is loosely based on Frank Sinatra, and Sinatra's read the book, thinks that this is based on him, and wants the film dead, does not want to be portrayed as Johnny Fontaine at all. And no matter how much they try and convince everybody in the Mafia that it, it's not Frank Sinatra, you literally can't escape the but fact that it is. Like it is. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, literally, I cannot get enough of this TV show. It is perfect on every level. I think it rates 8.7 on IMDb. Wow. Anything over 8 is bloody mm. epic. But I think there's about 10 or 12 episodes of it or, yeah, maybe 10 episodes of it. Do not hesitate. Absolutely. Go and get Paramount Plus for a week. Watch the first few episodes and tell me what you think. I've got a feeling oh. Paramount Plus is going to... Could do well, could It's going to do well. It's also directed by Dexter Fletcher. But uh, um, Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, so... And produced, I think, and writ- quite a yeah, lot of yes. it's written by him yeah. as well. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So he's been a movie I think that's why there are while. so many Brits in the cast. Exactly, and there's mm. a lot of people in there that he's worked with before, I think, mm. that he's drawn in, but um, it, all of it's just... Very, 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 very good. Very, very good. So, um, absolutely, go and watch the trailer or do whatever it is you want to do, but you will not be disappointed. If you like the movie business, especially that golden era of Spielberg mm. and Scorsese and Polanski and all them lot, 
This is all in yeah. there, basically. It's absolutely great. It's a must-watch. It's brilliant. And there's some great little scenes. The guy playing Sinatra is fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, there's Mia Farrow sat next yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, with the little short hair yeah. and everything. So, the, yeah, there's loads of little nuggets in there, which are absolutely great. Um, I'm really glad you're enjoying this, by the way, this offer thing, because we're going to watch oh, an episode Yeah, tonight. we are, yeah. yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Marvellous. And you'll enjoy it as well, Joel, I think. It, yeah. um, it's great. We've probably only got time for, like, one or two shout-outs. Yes, OK. I'm, I need to dig the shout-outs out, because my iPad I've left at work. Oh, so Joy, yeah. 37 minutes ago, 37 minutes ago, that was just... <sighs> what? Messaged us. What? She said, you need to watch I Came By on Netflix with Hugh Bonneville and Kelly MacDonald. Oh, I love both of them. An Edge of the Seat film. (gasps) Oh, I Came By. We jot that down somewhere. Right, Sounds great. Joy, which is Joy underscore Iterod. Claire, Davina and Michael, great to have the podcast back. I wanted to recommend a film called Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. I've seen this advertised in tons of... Tube Station Cinemas. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I'd love to. You'd see You'd love it. to see this. This yes. is Emma Thompson, who obviously uh, dates a kind of young guy. Mm. In oh, it, and they have a great old time. Yeah. I. It's really funny because she goes. There was a line in it where she says something like, "But I mean, am I the oldest yes. person you've ever slept with?" And he goes, "No, eighty-two." No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, "Oh God!" Did you ever see "Don't Mess with the Zohan"? No. Really? No. Oh my God, have you seen it? I feel like I have, This is yeah. it's Adam Sandler. Mm. Yeah, Adam Sandler plays like um, an Israeli special forces guy who comes to America to become a hairdresser. And he opens up a hair salon and has sex with all of his clients. And of course, they're queuing up around the block. There's loads of these old women going in for perms and stuff like that, almost on a weekly basis. Because he, you know, has, has a go with them over the backwash and stuff like that. And it's just... Hilarious. We must watch that. You've got to see if Chester's seen it as well. It's very I, he funny. won't have seen it. Okay. But the fact that he's a hairdresser, you know, it's a long standing yeah. joke. I always yeah. go, oh, what's your name? I go, I am the Zohan. Um, nobody laughs. Um, <laughs> Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick. It's about an older woman who hires a sex worker to explore the pleasures of sex, which she's previously never experienced, and her learning to accept the beauty of her body. It's available to rent and buy on Amazon. And I think you'll both love it. I, we've talked about this before, yes. so I would definitely like to see it. Yes, me too. Point. Don't think we need to put Chester through that, though. No. no. Not together. Yeah. Maybe you and you. Chester can watch it, but... Um, hello. Together. It's so lovely yeah. to hear you two are back again. Uh, I have a recommendation. Uh, two things. Taste by Stanley Tucci. Tucci? Oh, yes. Tucci? Um, his cookery Tucci? book. Yes, I've seen it in not, the windows. It's stuff. not all recipes, so... No. Somebody was going to buy that for Chester for his birthday and then they looked through it and saw that it was a lot of um, autobiographical yeah, material as well, which would be nice for someone like us. Yeah, yeah. But Chester, you know, doesn't really know. Mm. So um, it says, fantastic book. And then watch the show on iPlayer, Searching for Italy. I think that's the name of the whole show, Searching for Italy, uh, is fabulous. Uh, if you love travel and good food... Uh, and he's rather cool too. He is, he so, is cool. so cool. I was laughing out loud on my journey this morning listening um, oh, about Yogi Brian. Oh, I've loved Yogi Brian this week. He's so absolutely good. Brilliant. Yeah, Sit yeah. the fuck down, fuckers. Yeah, he's bloody great. Him and Steve Dadbot need to collaborate. <gasps> yeah, right. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Good collaboration because they're both a bit like ch- ch- yeah. a bit chippy and a bit cheeky, you know. 
people must have wondered what was going off. She was laughing out loud with her headphones on. Well done. I love seeing people laugh out loud with their headphones on. Last one, great episode this week. Although, just before listening to it, was listening to a couple of older ones, was listening to your Jubilee one on the day. Oh, they were listening to the Jubilee episode oh. on the day the Queen died. Wow. It's quite good, isn't it? Well, you know, good in a way. Wow. Uh, then your sage coffee one while making myself coffee using my sage. <gasps> Try rave subscription coffee. I love it. Ooh, oh, rave. Ooh, that sounds good. Doesn't uh, yeah. It? Are we going to get high? Um, always a pleasure. Thank you very oh much my God, indeed, Joel, Joel this Douglas. This is really good because I, I think we should do this as a thing. I would really, really like to. Yeah, I'm always, because I'm always you have niche you things that you can bring to us that mm. we wouldn't know about. Mm. When but, you say a thing, you mean like not every week, though, don't you? No, no, but like, no, like, no, but like you, you mm. can save up things and think, oh, this would be good for the podcast yeah. because it's mm. like. It's things that our generation might not know about, mm. but we would really get something from. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd be happy to like kind of bring in stuff for potentially recommendations for like yeah. listeners, younger kids, kids and stuff. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. And presents. We could do a Christmas teenage special. I'd, yes, I could. I could happily. Well, like what that. presents you want for Christmas? And yes. yes. Oh, that would be d- double. So helpful. Hmm. Joel's got his uh, CBT motorbike scooter <gasps> lesson yes, thing on uh, on Sunday, so we're going to wish you all the very best with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a test as such; no. it's just training. No, yeah, I mean, but um, I hope not. You know, I hope that you don't fall off, yeah. basically, because three of my GCSEs will prove that I'm not incredible at sitting exams. Yes, uh, you know, <laughs> you could sit on something with. Uh, Two wheels. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, he's not that funny. He's really funny. Jesus. I mean, most people aren't interested in what young people think, so no. don't get above your station. <laughs> you know, like, young people don't know anything, you know. So, um, but, but it has loved, been... loved having you well, on. Well, she's it's loved so having you on. I've kind of liked it, but it's been... I'm kind of easy about it. Honestly, I know, you know. Know. <laughs> He's a bit worried. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Um, and congratulations on your, on your book. Thank mm. you. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week with more recommendations, and we're going to see something this week. Yes. Uh, so we might talk about that next yes. week. Yes. Controversial. Possibly. Yeah, controversial. Ooh. Love you. Love you, too. No, I meant to the audience. To the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, uh, I love you all too, by the way. Yes. Okay. Great. Your face when I said that yeah. was so funny. Like, what? Oh, said it out loud. What? Uh, goodbye. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.